0: 25 years, Christ-Paved Tabernacle has spread across the globe, empowering the saints for the season of the Lord's return. This season has arrived. Join Apostle Alfred and Reverend P. Omer Williams in this year of God's glory as we celebrate the Christ-Paved Tabernacle 25th year jubilee, from the 23rd of February to the 1st of March. Our
1: name shall be great, nation will come out of us, the Lord has blessed us, and nobody can revoke it.
0: Be empowered alongside ministers from across the globe, to walk in the miraculous, see healings, miracles, signs and wonders in your ministry. Come and celebrate 25 incredible years that have seen Christ's paved tabernacle spread across the globe, meeting dignitaries and changing nations. You are healed right now in the name of Jesus by the blood of the risen Lord.
2: Let them see Jesus shine through your life like never before. And you are bulletproof as long as you
0: are walking under the covering of the Almighty.
2: You got to know that God has set you apart
0: special. God is very, very smart in every little thing. The Christ Faith Tabernacle Silver Jubilee. Leadership training daily. Power Miracle Nights every evening from 7 p.m. And the official dedication of the incredible CFT Cathedral, Woolwich, on Sunday, March the 1st. At 4 p.m. The venue, CFT Cathedral, 186 Power Street, Woolwich, London, SE 18, 6NL. Visit CFTchurches.org or call 020 8316 2332.
1: Whether it will continue on here, but whatever God has given him over the night, and He told you that the message He was sharing with us, God gave the message to Him right here. Okay? Which is specific message for this very season. Sometimes we share with you what God has been telling us, which is applicable to season. But some other time we want, we prepare to share what we have been sharing and God will override it. And if you look at the, uh, the operations of the Holy Spirit within the three of them, God is focusing one in this area and focusing the other in this area and the other in the other area so that we can have holistic understanding. So I want us to just... Receive the gift of God. Shall we rise up together in our feet and we'll give God glory for Doc Andrew Lockhart.
2: <laughs> Amen. Come on, let's give Jesus a good hand. Praise everybody. No, I'm, I'm good. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, we thank God for what he has done in this week of celebration and I have kind of the honor to be a part of the celebrating of 25 years of such a great work and the dedication of it. Also, we want to highly esteem once again and appreciate Apostle Alfred William and Mama Oma. Let's do so, everybody. And then, of course, we thank God for the covenant relationship in the person of Prophet Robin. Amen. And the awesome work that he has done this week in sharing God's Word. We honor all of the ministry gifts, the bishops, and you all that have come, PV, uh, M, amen. We honor you all in Christ's faith tabernacle. Thank you for receiving us and allowing us to be a part of what God is doing here. We feel like family. We really mean that, amen. Praise God. Let us pray. Father, we thank you once again as we gather around the word of God. According to Romans 10 and 17, faith come by hearing and hearing by the word. Thank you now that revelation knowledge will flow freely, unhindered, unchecked by any demonic force of power. You always confirm your word, Lord, with signs following. We come in agreement with 1 John 4 and 4 that we are of God and we have overcome the wicked one because greater is he that is in us than he that is in this world. Therefore, we believe we receive right now those things that pertain unto life and godliness. It is our sincere desire this morning to know you more perfectly, that we may serve you more faithfully. And the believer shall say, put your hands together. You may be seated in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God! Uh, what a flow from the Holy Spirit, uh, Prophet Robin brought to us. Amen. It's just constantly flowing there. All right. What I believe my assignment is to address uh, Christian preparing Christian leadership for tomorrow. Amen. And of course, we have been looking from the life of Daniel, and we'll just simply highlight a couple of things from Daniel chapter 6, uh, that will help us uh, move into our uh, message teaching for this session. And in Daniel chapter 6, verse 3, once again, it says to me and you, uh, now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators, the satraps, by his exceptional qualities that the king planned The king planned to set him over the whole kingdom, amen, or the king planned his promotion. What set him apart in this uh, kingdom, in this government, was the Bible said he had a more excellent spirit. He not only had a more excellent spirit, but of course, as you know, we saw that he was faithful, that Daniel was a faithful man. That he also was a godly man or a God fearing man. And of course, yesterday we showed you in the uh, morning session that we gave that he was, he had self control or discipline. Now, that session that we did this morning, the Lord totally gave me that for why we were here to give to you. Amen. And then he was, uh, we said that if you look at those qualities, spirit of excellence, a faithful spirit, God-fearing man, self-control or discipline that we all then can glean as leaders from the life of this prophet, amen, who, who triculated from one empire to another empire. He outlived governments and empires, amen, because of his exceptional qualities. It wasn't because they didn't try to kill him, but they couldn't kill him. Amazingly, you know, when we think about Daniel, we think about his faith and how it delivered him out of the lion's den. But he had to have something before he went in that lion's den, besides just his faith. Amen. He had a life before God. And I told you last night that, number one, he had a knowledge of God. Amen. He also could hear from God, which is critical for us in this hour. Amen. And so, as we see those things that we said, then underneath that, what produced excellent spirit? What produced faithfulness? What produced godliness? What gave him self-control and discipline? Remember, when he said no to the king's table, somebody else would have gave their right arm to sit at the king's table and eat the king's food. And yet, he, he, he said no to it. That was discipline. That was self-control. Amen. And he had to have that before that king food was offered to him. Are you listening to me? That couldn't be something he was trying to make up his mind about. He had to already have those qualities functioning him. I love the NIV said he had exceptional qualities. And the believers shall say, then what was underneath that? I, I submit to you because they showed us in one of those chapters, he prayed three times a day, amen, three times a day. So we can say he had a strong prayer life. This didn't have a prayer life. It was a strong prayer life, amen. You know, uh, that's where we get to know God. That's where God fine-tuned our spirit to hear him and to be led by him. It is through that time that we spend in his presence. And you would agree with that, I'm sure. And then also, he had a strong word life. How did I know that? Because he quoted Jeremiah and said he knew exactly the time for the deliverance of the children of Israel. He knew that that 70-year cycle had came, 70-year cycle. And he knew that it was time for their freedom and time for their deliverance. So he studied the book. But then we could say he not only read Jeremiah, then he read the law. He studied the laws of Moses, didn't he? Amen. We could come to that. So we see he had a strong prayer life. He had a strong word life. He had strong conviction or non-compromise. Non-compromise. Say that with me. Non-compromise. And then he had a fear of the Lord, which is coming back in the church. Come on, somebody. Praise God with me. He had a fear of the Lord, which is coming back in the church. <laughs> yes, it is. This is we're standing here. The fear of God will come back among us. Now, we can gather then, all of these we would call fund foundational. All of them we can call foundational. And we know when Jesus taught about foundation in Matthew 7 verses 24 through 27 he talked about a wise man and a foolish man and what was the difference the difference was both had storms come against their house both had uh terrain both had uh 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 the the, the forces to come up against them and the bible says one fell and another stood both went through the same thing one step one fell another stood. I'm submitted to you, no matter what's going on in our land, he is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless against the days that we're living in. Come on, talk to me. Jesus said then, what made the house stand, what made the other fall was one built on sand, the other built dug deep. He, had, he took the time to invest in the foundation qualities." Amen. Amen. And if we're going to be men and women of of the future and of tomorrow, it's because we're taking the time to make sure we always stand with those foundational principles and truths. Amen. Then, so then what we can say from studying the life of Daniel, he knew success, but he knew success God's way. So Joshua 1 and 8 tell us, that this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate it how often? How often? Come on now. Day and night that you may observe to do all that is written therein. All that is written therein. Then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and thou shalt have good success. God wants us successful. And you've got to have been alarmed to hear some of the things I shared about. Uh, the statistics that I gave on some of the things that have happened to pastors and churches in in the U.S. alone. I told you, 15 pastors quit a month. 1,500 pastors quit the ministry every month. Every month. 4,000 churches start a year. 7,000 churches close a year in the U.S. alone. 4,000 open, 7,000 close every year. 50% of all pastors' marriages end in failure or divorces. So, something is wrong, then, what I've tried to show you is what we've been calling success. Come on. You know, the U.S. is not only an influential country, but it influenced people's belief in and and outlook across the globe. So uh, just like it influenced the world, I think we are influencing the church in how we look at what we call success or what we call one thing or another. But I said to you last night, we got to let God redefine to us what success is. Amen. I said success is effectiveness in your assignment. That's really what success is. It's not having all the money, all the stuff. Come on, talk to me. You can have all that and be a total failure. It, It don't mean you don't arrive because you have this or that going on. Success is being effective, effectiveness in your assignment. Success could also be called being successful in life. Is putting to your heart, putting in, uh, put, uh, uh, putting your heart and fully into what you are doing. And I showed you that in Colossians three twenty three through twenty five last night. Amen. Let us let us look at some building blocks that will be that will be uh, help us be successful for the future. Building blocks, amen. What are some building blocks that we can get a hold to? By looking at Daniel's life, we can glean some things from him and know without a doubt that we could be successful also. The first one I gave you uh, last night, I told you evangelism. That evangelism is a high priority with God because it is the caring for people. We can't use people, amen. We use things to get to, to help people. We don't use people to get things. That is not what God calling us to do, is it? Amen. So that can't be our goal for ministry. That can't be our goal for success. Amen. Now we must care about what God care about. God care about people. In Luke nineteen and ten. Jesus said, the son of man came to seek and to save that which was lost. I showed you when God called Abraham, he said, I'm going to bless you and you will be a blessing. And by you, all families on the face of the earth shall be blessed. That's what he told Abraham. He said, after you get blessed, you will be a blessing. So your blessing ain't for you. Your blessing has a a sign that attached to it. I'm going to cause you to flourish and prosper and do good no matter where you go on the face of the earth. But it ain't just for you. It's so that you can impact people for me. Amen. And amen. <laughs> Come on, talk to me. All right? So we we see that then. Then the next one we talked about, we just gave a little uh, uh, insurgent there on it was integrity. These are building blocks. Number one, we need evangelism. we got to be people who understand that God loved people. You know, when you think about Solomon, people always talk about the richness, how rich Solomon was and the wisdom he had. But very few look at really what moved God. First of all, there was an unusual offering a sacrifice that he gave to God. Unusual. If you read 1 Kings, you'll see that it was not a normal offering. It was a major offering that he gave to the Lord. And the Bible said, And the Lord appeared unto Solomon in the night and said, Solomon, what do you want from me? What what do you desire? Now, he could have said, I want to be the richest man that ever lived. That'll cancel out what God had for him. You heard Solomon say that? Solomon said, I am a young man. And you've given me an assignment to, to, to rule over a great multitude of people. He said, and I don't know how to come out or go in on my own. Give your servant a wise and understanding heart to know how to discern between good and evil and to lead your people. You know what God said? Because that was in your heart. And that you didn't ask for gold or silver, but you asked for something from me to help my people. He said, I'm going to make you richer than any man ever lived. I'm going to give you wisdom second to none. Because the thing you asked was in your heart. So then that show us God have a special place about people. Amen. And that what should motivate us then is not to be successful for success sake, but that so that we can reach people for God's sake. Give me some help. Come on, lift your hand for a moment and thank God with me. Come on, just for a minute. Thank him for a minute there. Amen. All right. So the next building block we say is integrity. What is integrity? It is honesty. I mean, you know, we got to work on that. Being honest, because we're in a society that is very convenient to be dishonest. Amen. Uh, Honesty implies a refusal to lie, steal, or deceit in any way. Becoming a person of your word. Turn with me to Proverbs 20 verse 6 and 7 Proverbs 20 verse 6 and 7 listen what it says many of men claim to have unfailing love but a faithful man who can find the righteous man leads a blameless life Blessed are his children after him Oh, I think the King James. What did King James said, verse seven. A just man, a man, no walks in his integrity. Walks in. So our integrity is not just for us, but it sets posterity for our children. Come on, talk to me. We cause those who are following us to be blessed by us. Talk to me. We guarantee their success by having a life of integrity. Amen? Look now with, with me at Pro, while you're in Proverbs. Go to Proverbs 11 for a moment. Proverbs 11. We just want to look at this building block here for a minute. Of integrity. We must be leaders of integrity. And we have to work on ourselves. Because Daniel, Daniel chose not to be corrupted by his government. But we see the fact that he made that choice also brought all kind of challenges against his life. His life came under fire. And when you walk in integrity, I'm telling you, now everybody ain't going to like you. And you will be persecuted for it. You will be misunderstood for it. You will lose friends over it who don't want to be integral. You'll lose relationships that you thought was lifelong sometimes. But they'll bring you to a place that you need to compromise sometimes and you have to make a decision. I will be a man of integrity or a woman of integrity. Even if it's going to cost me my relationship with you. Amen. Verse 1 and 3, 1 through 3 of Proverbs 11. It said, the Lord abhor." dishonest scales but an accurate weight are his delight when pride come then come what disgrace but with humility come wisdom but with humility come wisdom look at verse three the integrity of the upright guides them but the unfaithful are destroyed by their duplicity are you listening All right, then look, please, with me at Psalms 25, verse 21, while we're here. Psalms 25, verse 21. Peter told us if we do these things, we will neither be ineffective or unproductive. But if we don't choose not to do them, we're blind, he said, (laughs) and even forgotten to precious blood of Jesus that cleanses us from our sins. Amen. All right. You got 25, Psalm 25. Thank you, sir. Verse 21. 21 says here my integrity and uprightness protect me because my hope is in you may integrity and uprightness protect me because my hope is in you so our integrity will preserve us it will keep you and make you a success and you'll be a success by God's order and by God's standard. And that's the one to count, ain't it? Huh? All right. What was the next one that we shared to, to you? We said to you that, that faith is a building block. It is. It is a building block for success. Because the Bible says without it, it is impossible to please him. For he that come to God must first believe that God is and that God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. It didn't say seeking things, it said seeking God who gives all good things. Matter of fact, Matthew 6 said, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, God's way of doing things, and all these earthly things shall be added. God promised increase as we live a life diligently seeking him. He promised to be our rewarder in life. And when God reward, I believe you can tie it to Ephesians 3 and 20, that he will do exceedingly abundantly above all you could ever ask or think of him. But notice what Ephesians say, according to the power that work in us, according to the revelation that you have from God. Amen. God will do based on the revelation that you receive from him. So there's a faith process and a faith principle that will deliver to you anything you need and want that pertain unto life and godliness, and it will defy anything of this natural order. Amen. You can never be a victim if you get the Word of God inside of you. Because the moment you begin to take God at His Word, better for you start. I don't care what part of the globe you're on. Because if it's some geographical location, then we need to move there. Because God declared himself the God of the whole earth. Meaning wherever men take him at his word and walk upright, he shows himself mighty on their behalf. Amen. And we need to know that. The, the, the nation I'm in is where God planted me. The nation you're in is where God planted you. And he is God right there in your nation. And it takes faith to move him. Faith to please him. Huh? Come on, talk to me. And faith is a knowledge of who God is. Faith is a knowledge of who God is. I'm going to show you why why that simple truth is so powerful. Think about it. You can't trust who you don't know. How are you going to put faith in somebody you don't know? You can't do it. I don't care how sincere you are. You can't put faith in who you don't know. So to, once you know him, you can trust him. So faith is a knowledge of who God is. I gave you that illustration last night. The Bible says the Egyptians sailed to do and were drowned. Why were they drowned? They didn't know the God who said walk across the Red Sea. They didn't have a knowledge of that word. Amen. Praise God. Are you listening to me? Alright. So then, we see in 1 John 5, 4 and 5, whatever is born of God overcome the world, and this is the victory that overcome the world, even our faith. According to Hebrews 11 and 33, it was through faith that they subdued kingdoms, obtained uh, 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 the promises, wrought righteousness, dead, ra- <laughs> willers received their dead rage from the, from the dead. Amen. How did, how did they do it? By their faith. By their faith. Amen. So I believe that number one, for you to really operate in Bible faith, at least these capsules are necessary. Number one, you must first know God is able you got to know he's able before you put it. See, how can you put faith in him if you don't believe he's able to do what you need him to do? The Bible says Abraham was fully persuaded. He was fully persuaded that God was able to do what he promised him. He is the father of the faith so we can look at him as a model of faith. Amen. An earthly man as an example. But then you must believe God is willing. Amen. That leopard showed us right there in front of Jesus, God in the flesh. I know you got the power. I just don't know you're willing to help me. And that's the way people are in many areas. I just don't believe God is willing for me. Come on. The Bible said these signs will follow them that believe. Hallelujah. If you believe he's willing, (laughs) he's willing. Then Jesus, when he taught about faith in Mark, the 11th chapter, he said at verse 24, whatever things you desire. When you pray, who believe that this year is going to be your whatever things you desire? When you pray, Amen. believe that you receive it Amen. and you're going to have it. And that means some things there. If you believe that this year is going to be your whatever thing, that means some things that didn't come to pass in 14 and 13 and 12 and 11 and 10 must come to pass in 15 Amen. because you're going to believe you receive it when you pray. All right okay then what is this another building block this is one that you don't hear much about repentance 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 amen now why is repentance so so critical why is repentance so critical because repentance and forgiveness go hand in hand hmm and you find that people, uh, men and women of God, (laughs) they don't believe in repentance no more. But repentance simply means change your mind, change your will, change your will, change your direction, a reversal of decision, huh? Nothing is more powerful than the prayer of repentance. Because repentance don't put you at the, at the back of the line. It puts you at the front of the line with God. Why is the problem so powerful about repentance? Because the problem, why people have such a problem with repentance? Because first of all, who we are by image before people. Who we present ourselves to be in and of ourselves. And we're going to look at this for a moment. What stopped repentance? And if you think about it, some of the greatest stories in the Bible that we rejoice over, especially us as preachers, we love to preach. It's the stories where we saw a person repent. Think about it. The prodigal son, Huh? When he changed his mind and decided he would go back home, he repented. Think about it. Even Samson. We heard prophet talking about him. Huh? Though he didn't judge one case, yet when he repented, the Bible said he took more in his death than he did in his life. And think about King David and others in the Bible that when they repent. Right, listen to me now. Pride is a killer of vision. Pride is a killer of ministry. Pride is a killer of marriage. <laughs> huh? And it cuts off grace and favor. First Peter five tell us, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt us in due season. What did he say you got to do first? For he can exalt you, you got to humble yourself. Amen. He's the God of all favor. When you read the Bible, and this is what the Holy Spirit gave me here to look at just for a moment. We want to look at three people, and I'm going to close here. Number one, we're going to look at a king by the name of Uzziah. The Bible said Uzziah became a king at 16, Second Chronicles 26, 5, verse 15 and 16. The Bible said that as long as Uzziah sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. As long as he sought God, God made him prosper. And as long as he was saying, you know, one of the major things we can find when you see people doing all kinds of crazy things, they have gotten to a place that even the people who have fathered them and mentored them cannot instruct them anymore. Let me say that one more time. One of the, especially in my country, in America, one of the, some of the things why we talk about so many who have fallen and went into all kind of immoral sins and all kind of stuff that they preached against one time, but now they are victim of the same thing they preached against for years. How did they get there? First and foremost, you find this tread always running a certain way. They got at a place that even the person who fathered them and mentored them, they no longer would follow their advice or guidance. They was no longer accountable to anybody, needed help, but wouldn't cry out to help for help because of their pride. Amen. So so Uzziah got there. The Bible talked about how he got used him to create. Uh, 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 Weaponries and how he became an inventor and so forth, and how he was wonderfully uh, uh, blessed of God until his heart was lifted up in pride. Until his heart was lifted up in pride. Who? Why? Why are you? I am King Uzziah, young king. That all of this is ca- happening from me. And then the Bible says, "You could always show when somebody then got off in pride." The Bible said that he, tr- he trespassed or intruded into an office he was not anointed for. You know, it, w- it was required and ordained by God that the priest would offer sacrifice and burn incense to him. But because Uzziah said, I am Uzziah, I will even come over and take over what you're doing. And the Bible said the moment he did it, leprosy came and struck him. I like I like to tell you that he repented but he didn't he he died a leper he died a leper amen he died a leper huh I know <laughs> look at proverbs sixteen and verse eighteen with me please are you getting this? All right, praise God, because these are building blocks. we got to know that there's nothing wrong with prayer. When God says repent, we need it. First John 1 and 9, confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins, and then the Bible says he cleanses us from all unrighteousness. He not only released you from sin, he released you from the effect of sin, which is guilt and condemnation. He not only released you from sins, he released you from the effect of it which is guilt, condemnation, and shame. Amen. Proverbs 16. No, I believe solely you're all right. I'm just giving you building blocks for the future here. Amen. These are things that men have overlooked in my nation, and as a result, they are victim of things that they done got others delivered from because they wouldn't repent. They was too proud to say, I need to repent of something. I'm just, you know, with titles and positions and influence. They think that, that, you know, those titles and and position gave them special exemption, but it don't. Then you read in Colossians where the Bible says Jesus said, God is of no favoritism when it comes to if you do bad, if you do wrong. Talk to me. Your title, your position, who you are, what they call you does not stop his dealing with you. Give me some help in here. Hallelujah. Verse 18. Pride go before what? And a haughty spirit before a fall. Amen. Then look now with me, please, in uh, Proverbs 29 and 23. How many of you believe he's able to keep us from falling? And to present us faultless against that day? Peter told us if we practice those godliness, kindness, perseverance, amen, goodness. We practice those qualities. He said we'll never be ineffective or unproductive and, and, and we won't fail. We won't fail. Make your calling and election sure, brethren. Didn't he tell us that? All right. So look at verse 23 of Proverbs 29. Let's read it. A man's pride brings him low, but a man of lowly spirit gains what? Honor. We should want honor, shouldn't we? And our success shouldn't just be driven for the natural only. We should want honor. huh? Most excellent Theopolis in Luke chapter uh, uh, 3, verses uh, 1 through there, uh, 3 there, it, what it, he what it was, was saying, this man is an honorable person by his his lifestyle and by his uh, uh, statute. So honor comes to us as we follow God. Amen? All right? Now, then the next person we look at is King David. What is the difference between King David and Saul? Uh, if you look at the life of the two, I think David did some things. <laughs> Come on, talk to me. Uh, David was something else. But in the New Covenant, in the New Testament, the Bible called him a man after God's own heart. Now, how could you be such a rascal in your life and in the end of your days, you're a man after God's own heart? Because when David got in trouble, he never ran from God. He always ran to God. Come on, give me some help. He understood. Yes. Yes. Listen, listen to me. When he was given an option, that, that that because of what you've done, plague, I'm going to give you three options. Plague, famine, or the destruction of of of, of people being killed. Uh, or I'm going to turn you over to man. David said, God, just let you deal with me. Please, you will be merciful. Don't turn me over to man. So what he had, he had a revelation that no matter how I mess up, if I just go with to God and be open to God and honest to God and sincere to God you know but I'm mortal flesh but I know I love you and I want to serve you and I want to please you come on then David said he have not dealt with us after our sins nor have he rewarded us according to our iniquity blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord in whom he imputed not iniquity blessed Repentance is the way. Come on now. But when you when you when you see the conclusion of his life and saw and Samuel he said the uh, uh, the sweet psalmist. But when you see Saul's life, he said I played the fool. Why? Because Saul would not repent. You can't find where he ever repented. But all through the Psalms, you see, over and over again, when David messed up, he turned to God and he repented. Amen. He said, I played the fool. And when David was talking, he said, they that will rule over men, listen to me, must be just, ruling in the fear of God. Let me say that again to you. He said, they that will rule over men. That means as a leader, you're going to have a sphere of influence. But the Bible says we must be just, ruling in the fear of God. I pray you've been blessed by this session. (laughs) Come on, let's appreciate the apostle as I turn it over to him now.
1: Come on, let's put our hands together for Doc. Wow. Let's have a word of prayer. Our God and King, we turn ourselves, every one of us, to you. Lord, you are bigger than our mind. You are too vast to be grasped. But we know that you love us. And we know, Lord, that we love you. Your love informs your behavior towards us. Help our love to determine our behavior towards you. May we not take you for granted. May our heart not be proud before you. Father, may you illuminate our hearts that we may see our true self so that we can do all required by you to gain a standing before you. May your mercy and grace never depart from us. May we never be cut off from your commonwealth of friendship. Father, may you sustain us, fulfill us. People who have gone on the right track among us, let this message bring them back to the right track. People who are contending with you among us, help help us that this message will bring us to submission. People who need to repent, help that they will go before you and truly repent. And produce the fruit of repentance after this meeting. Those who have fear of losing some relationship. That have been a bad influence to them. Father grant them boldness to cut off from this relationship. Help us by your spirit. To relate with those who fear you. For iron sharpens iron. That we may be sharpened by one another. We thank you king of heaven for all you have done in jesus name shall we say amen together
0: where can i just say that would you like to be part of a vibrant church in the midst of beautiful awe-inspiring surroundings christ faith Tabernacle at the cft cathedral woolwich is now open for all apostle alfred williams apostolic leader to churches around the globe warmly invite you to come and be part of this incredible move of God. Every Sunday at 10am, 186 Power Street, Woolwich, London, in our beautiful, recently refurbished cathedral, we are seeing miracles happen, people healed, needs are met, lives are transformed. The Word of God is preached with power through Apostle Alfred Williams. I want you to know this, that there is a God in heaven who has sent His Son,
1: Jesus Christ, and by Him, anyone who believes in Him carried the very authority of God which with which he created the heavens and the earth. Jesus said freely you receive and freely give. I want to say this to you stop going around to people, kneel down where you are, talk to the God who created the heavens and the earth in the name of his son Jesus Christ and you will receive your miracle
0: now. And be sure not to miss our two life-changing events Overcomers Night Vigil, hear the voice of God, receive life-changing teachings Be lifted through dynamic worship. Become an overcomer on the last Friday of every month at 7pm. And also come and celebrate with us at our exciting monthly victory nights. Receive your breakthrough. Be empowered to win. Come and claim your victory on the first, second and third day of every month. Whatever age, nationality or background you are from, there is something very special for you at the Christ Faith Tabernacle Cathedral, Woolwich. Every Sunday at 10am, 186 Power Street, Woolwich, London, SC18 6NL.